Now this goes out to all of my beautiful people I'm Jay Star, you know it's nice to meet ya 7.45am, catch me on the morning meetup Hosted by David Shane's Claps, Mr. Tony Abrahams. Tony, what's up, sir? All right, I was having difficulties. What's up? What's up? <laughs> what it do, man? Welcome back. You know, uh, strange. You're your morning meetup cousin. So, uh, <laughs> morning meetup. Happy to have you, man. Um, so, if you guys don't know, he's the founder CEO of Tweedle, which is um, a a music streaming platform that's revolutionizing the way we listen to and popularize music, which is just a brilliant concept. Uh, definitely the uh, uh, CFO for Diddy Enterprises. Like he's been able to, to manage a whole, whole bunch of money, entrepreneur, um, and again, my mentor. So we're having a conversation, Tony, around counting the cost, counting the cost. Now here, one question I do wanna uh, ask you is, we understand that cost is not just money. Right. So when you sit, when you think of counting the cost and you're about to coach um, a new entrepreneur, what is the conversation that you have around counting the cost? Well, so when I talk to new entrepreneurs, you know, it's, it's really about understanding the operational environment, right? Because operational cause equals financial effect. And so, you know, it's really important for entrepreneurs to understand what are the most important metrics um, data points that that measure success because okay, that's hold on, really hold on hold on real quick real quick tony you said operational cause equals financial financial, financial effect what does that mean so you're you know so the numbers are the result of your operations right your operations aren't the result of the numbers and so if you're not managing your operations well if you're not paying attention to your operations then you can kind of get bad numbers. And by bad numbers, you might have good revenues, but a really bad, inefficient operating environment that's robbing you of profits, not allowing you to service customers well, causing a lot of pain in the organization. And so, you know, you got to pay attention to the operational causes because that can drive improved profits and growth. Got it. Go ahead. You were saying something, but I-, I, I So, I so- so cost is, is measured by so many things like, you know, customer satisfaction is a cost, right? Because if you're not pleasing your customers and they leave, the cost to acquire a customer goes up, for example, right? Because, you know, and if you're trying to get customers to come, the big thing is like, well, what is the cost of acquisition of a customer? What do I got to spend to get one customer on my platform? And given that cost, What's the lifetime value of that customer? That kind of helps you understand if you're if it's even worth going after that customer, right? So, so that to me, I think is is uh, uh, you know a big cost. The other thing I think about is product cost, right? It's like there's as a CEO, I think there are three things that you got to pay attention to, right? Which is um, uh, what products do I sell? To whom do I sell them? and in what markets. And each of those are cost analyses. You gotta, you know, you're selling a product based on product costs and product profitability. Uh, you're selling, to whom do you sell them? You're selling them to your most profitable customers and in the most profitable markets. And all of that requires cost analysis. So cost is everywhere in an organization as you grow. And so 
I think of cost really, really broadly, but product cost is what most people think about when they think of cost. And then secondarily, they think of office expenses and things like that. But cost is way more broader than those two things. Gotcha. So let's say you have a business and you sell a bunch of products and you have a bunch of services. Do you try to grow all of those products and services simultaneously and just try to figure out the best way to get the most profit out? Or would you recommend zeroing in on the products or services that make you the most money or yield? So like, what, like where does your mind go when it comes to that conversation around where do I spend most of my time in my business? Yeah, how much resources do you have, right? So somebody like a billionaire, Richard Branson, you know, or Elon Musk can say, hey, I'm going to do Tesla and I'm going to do SpaceX and I'm going to do this real estate project and I'm going to do this because... He's got resources where he can hire the best people to move everything forward at the highest level, right? So if you got three and four businesses or three and four products within your business and you're trying to push them across the finish line, all I can say is how much resources do you have? Because resource drain is the biggest thing that can kill a small business, right? Focusing, focus, focus, focus is really, really critical. So if you look at like, key entrepreneurs like, you know, take Diddy as a model, right? Diddy launched Bad Boy Records. And it wasn't until Bad Boy Records became very, very successful as a business that he then launched out and started doing Sean John Apparel and making the band and Ciroc and Revolt and other kind of things. Like, it, you know, as your resources grow, you can hire teams to expand and build other enterprises. So it's a resource question for everybody. Everybody's resources are different. So it's not a cookie cutter answer. So it's a, it, that, that is a u- unique perspective. I never heard it that way. You should, cause I, I just tell beginning entrepreneurs, you know, you should really focus on one thing, right? But, it, but wrapping it around the fact that you have the resources to expand, but okay. So how do you figure out when you have enough resources to expand? Cause you might start making some money and then say, oh, you know what, I'm going to do something else. But then you really, one of the biggest killers, I think, of success is a little bit of success because you feel like you're Superman because you made a couple of dollars over here. Now, how do you, how do you balance that? Uh, there's, no, there's no cookie cutter approach. I mean, it's like, you know, part of it is belief in yourself. Uh, part of it is, is, you know, as you're, everybody does it. You start making money, you start making new investments. I mean, that's just the common theme. So your resources determine how broadly you can invest because it's your, it's your own personal limited resources. So you make some money and you start investing in other things. And if it fits well within your resource bucket, it's fine. And, you know, the key is, is that your core assets have to be protected. Like your core revenue generators, you can't take your eye off of right? Your core revenue generator that's making you money, you can't take your eye off that ball as you expand. You want to make sure it's operating well, that it's, that it's, that it's has a consistent growth trajectory and that uh, it's sustainable because, you know, the biggest thing about focus is you start making money in one area and you quickly shift your focus and try to build another business or take on another endeavor and your core revenue generator suffers. And so don't take your eye off of your, your key assets. Got you. And when you were working uh, uh, at Diddy Enterprise, right? The, what, was, what, was your, what did you have to do? Because I think people 
feel like at that level, there aren't any issues. And like, obviously there's a job that has to be done. What was one thing that you can speak on um, that you had to kind of restructure or an approach you had to take in a large organization like that? So, you know, it's money hides a lot of sins, right? So when you're starting to make money, all your mistakes can be camouflaged by the fact that you're making a lot of money. Doesn't mean your business is being run well. Doesn't mean you don't have a lot of pitfalls and a lot of risk in the organization. But because you're making a lot of money, it, it hides it. It gives the illusion that everything is really well. And, and you know, in, my, in that case, I had to go in and, and make things well because the, the operational infrastructure had, the company had outgrown the existing team, the existing infrastructure, business systems, protocols, everything. So everything needed an upgrade. And so I had to upgrade the entire business operations, which included, you know, changing the culture and changing some of the people too. Absolutely. Yeah, this is, I thought this was interesting too, because uh, uh, Tony is actually working. I, I feel honored because I actually get to hire my uncle now, you know what I mean? Um, you know, he showed me some love, but uh, uh, you told me when you come into the organization and things are growing, that a few things are going to happen. And um, those things happen for sure. And you said, well, you know, when you did uh, work with Cohen's Enterprise, the same thing happened with the people. You remember, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> yeah. So when you're when you when you're changing the culture of an organization, as a company goes through different phases, it's going through a cultural shift, and and three things happen, right? One is is that um, uh, people are going to see the change, feel the change, and they're not going to like it, and they're going to complain, and they may quit. And these are people that have been with you for a while and other people may see the change and they're not gonna like it and they're gonna complain and you may have to ask them to leave. And other people are gonna see the change, like it or not, they're willing to give it a try and they're willing to change with the company. And that's how you move the business forward. So uh, you're always gonna, you always gotta expect change. You can't expect that people who you like and love are gonna be with you forever. Um, and you out, you know, as the business grows, you, you know, the business can outgrow the people, it can outgrow the systems and environment, you know, and that's just a constant evolution of growth. For sure. And I, I, when I was working at the Cheesecake Factory, we would take it from high level to in our household, where um, you were just uh, driving the fact that I need to have my household numbers together. Like to run a, an efficient business, I should know what's coming in and what's going out. What advice would you have for someone that's, you have a job and a dream. What the heck do I do with my money without um, commingling and going to jail? <laughs> <laughs> I always use that because like, that's the most dangerous thing. Like, I just feel like I'm going to go to jail if I do it wrong. Hey, but. So I don't, I don't know what that has to do with cost, but... <laughs> so, but um, as you operate a business, right, you have a certain influx of money. And the question is, what do I do with it? Do I take the profits from my money, put it back into the business? Do I take a percentage of the business, pay myself? Do I take my job money and invest? What do you do with your money? I don't know. I mean, this is this is this is always the question, right? Like, uh, first of all, you know, recognize that a business is an investment, right? It's not a baby. So when I hear people say this is my baby, you're foolish, right? It's it's an investment. And, you know, when you think of it as a baby, 
you coddle a baby, you grow a baby, you never want to let go of your baby. With an investment, you buy low and you sell high. So you always got to be thinking, what's my exit strategy? Whatever you think of a business, right? Because the value of a business is not necessarily the income, it's the equity, right? The wealth is in the equity. So if you're really building a valuable, sustainable business, somebody will buy it from you, right? And if you're not thinking like that, then you're just out there, you know, maybe you could, you're, you're a barber. You're, you know, you're not building a business. Right, because businesses have enterprise value, and it's the enterprise value that that contributes to your personal wealth. And so, um, so when you think of a business as an investment, then the question becomes, what's the best investment I can make? So, at some point, reinvesting in your business may not be the best investment alternative that you have you may have an opportunity to invest in a side business that has greater economic returns. So that's how you always got to think about it. Is, you know, so, so it depends on where you are in your business and what other investment opportunities you have to determine if I should take my money out and put it elsewhere or reinvest it in the business. You got to think of your business as an investment and compare the returns on that investment with other investment alternatives that are in front of you. Hold on. So you don't consider, it seems like something that you are growing, right? And this might be um, a legacy. Like, what about like legacy? I'm going to build something for legacy and hold on to it and love well, it. And I'm never well, letting it go. Well, that, well, so that's, that's the, so again, so that's, that depends on you, right? Like if you think of like all these large companies that have a name behind them, Coke, Walgreens, you know, uh, Procter and Gamble, um, Rockefeller, all these businesses and stuff that have, you know, most of these companies have a name behind them that represents a family. But at some point, the family sold that business. <laughs> the name still exists, but the family sold out and made billions of dollars a long time ago because they decided that I can make money doing something else. Like I don't have what it takes to turn this into the next level thing, right? Because just think about it, like somebody formed Blockbusters. I don't know if all of you guys remember Blockbusters, the video store chain, but you know, when Netflix came along, Netflix wanted to partner with Blockbusters and Blockbusters was like, no, 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 they didn't see the future. And Netflix saw the future and disrupted the industry and ultimately Blockbusters went out of business. That's what can happen to anybody's business. You can go out of business real fast, right? And so you got to always think of it as an investment. A business has a life cycle. And some businesses live a long time because they innovate. Because they innovate, right? Like, like General Motors exists because they were the innovators. Now they're playing catch up to Tesla. Because Tesla transformed the automobile industry. And, you know, in, in 15 years, like nobody's going to own a car. Everybody's going to have autonomous vehicles. Uber is going to be 24-7, 365 with no drivers. And so now they pick you up in any neighborhood because there's no risk. The driver has no concerns of being mugged or robbed or whatever. And the safety protocols are going to be enhanced in these cars. But what did Tesla do? 
their cars don't get old. They have over-the-air updates. They just upgrade the software like you do your cell phone. They just operating system updates. So the life of your car and the value of your car is retained. So they have changed the game of the automobile industry. And General Motors and these automobile companies are either gonna catch up or they're gonna die, right? That's just a fact, right? Every industry has a life cycle. Spotify has been around for 11 years. They make about $4 billion in revenues a year, but they have never once turned a profit. Streaming music is an unprofitable business model. Apple Music doesn't make any money. Spotify doesn't make any money. Pandora doesn't make any money. Amazon Music doesn't make any money. They make whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold they, on. Yes, they generate revenues, but they don't generate a profit. Now, Apple is like you have in business, like you have what they call a loss leader. So this is about cost. Take your shaving razor, right? You go to the store and buy a Schick razor. They don't really care about the, the razor, the handle, right? Give that to you because when your blade runs out, you're going to keep buying razor blades. So the cost of the handle is not the innovation. It's the blade that, that people keep buying to shave. So a blade will last you two years, but razors, you're going to change those out every couple of weeks, depending on how frequently you shave. So they make money on the razor blade, and the cost leader is the handle. With, Spot, with Apple Music, the music makes all their devices cool. Like you can access your music portfolio, your music catalog on your phone, your wrist, your watch, your, your tablet, your laptop, all these different devices, you know, you know from your little you know, Siri-like products and stuff. You can access your music catalog in so many different devices that it makes their devices cool. So it is a lost leader. They're willing to take the cost of the music streaming for making all of their devices cool. Spotify doesn't have the products. So Spotify has been losing money since day one, but they generate a lot of revenues and the enterprise value is high. People will pay a lot. It's the most valuable music company in the world that has zero net profits. What's going on, family? David Chance. I want to give you a special invitation to The Morning Meetup, themorningmeetup.com. It is the only organization that gathers every single morning, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we help you learn entrepreneurship, grow as an entrepreneur, become an entrepreneur, or you just get to be in an environment, a network of all entrepreneurs. Literally hundreds of entrepreneurs gather on a Zoom call every single morning, Monday through Friday, okay? So I wanna give you a special invitation to help grow your business and your brand all this year, okay? Every single day, you eat every day for the for your health, you brush your teeth every every day for your hygiene. I need you to learn and grow every single day um, for your mindset, okay? So make sure you go to themorningmeetup.com. It is only $1 um, trial. You don't need a promo code, just go one dollar the morning meetup.com check it out if you like us stay if not after that it's 79 dollars a month but i'm pretty sure you're gonna enjoy yourself okay so go to the morning meetup.com i love y'all see you in the morning and it's a public company you can research it they've never had an annual net profit their expenses exceed their revenues every single year and that's not sustainable that so so, that, so that I predict so I predict that Spotify will be acquired by a major tech company like a Google or an Amazon or somebody within the next five years. That's my prediction. 
Mm, yeah, it's, it's different conversations around money. Okay, this is like kind of like side note. I was talking to a friend. We still talking about counting the costs. I was talking to a friend uh, the other day, and he works in the Genius Network and just like high. Look, he works with like really high level um, entrepreneurial organizations. And what he said was, he said, running a billion dollar company will crush your family. He will said, crush your fame your family he said it is it is almost impossible to have an efficient family life when you're running a billion dollar organization he said he sees he sees it all the time it's like yo there are certain at that level like there are certain meetings that you have to go to you cannot skip you're running a billion dollar organization you might have like c-suites but the sweet suites are all still like coming to you like there's no way that you can really, really run efficiently, like like really have a, an amazing family life running a huge organization like that. What is your take on that? Uh, probably true, I've never run one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, you know, even, even, you know, smaller, large organizations, it's time consuming, right? So just running Combs Enterprises was time consuming. It was, hard to spend time with the family because you work long hours, you travel a lot, you know, so it's always the case. Yeah, you got to get, if you have small children, it's really hard. If you just have a wife or, or a husband, you got to get good at, you know, traveling together and stuff like that and managing your time. It is, a, it's a commitment. It's a challenge. Yeah, I was, I was really thinking about, I was like, yo, there's got to be some sort of sweet spot where. That's the same in launching a new business too. Yeah. Right. If you're launching a new business, right, like there's only, if, if you're committed to it, think about how much time you're going to spend launching that new business and it will interfere with relationships. And if you have kids and stuff like that, it's hard. Yeah, this 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 was really a conversation that weighed heavy on me, too, man. I'm like, OK, we want to be like as successful as possible. But what at what expense? And I'm like, yo, there's got to be some sort of sweet spot. I think right now. I'm in a cool place. I still get to spend time with my family, things of that nature. But like there are certain decisions that I have to make where I put my family over, you know, my dream, you know, in air quotes. Right. So as like, how, how do you approach it? You person, I mean, your kids are out of, you know, well, that's, of, well, that's, that's why you got to have a team. Right. If you're trying to do everything yourself, then you'll definitely burn out and your business will suffer. And so that's where it may make sense to invest in your business, right? And that, that number one investment is making sure you have the right people around you that afford you to take the break. Because I always say the role and responsibility of my team is to make my job non-existent. Because if you're not making my job non-existent, I can't do more creative strategic things. I can't think out the box if I'm doing day-to-day -day stuff. So you need to hire really smart people, people smarter than you, people harder working than you to basically make your job non-existent. So a good CEO doesn't have to work that hard because he's got a lot of people working hard for him. Mm -hmm. And then you spend your time, you spend your time thinking about, you know, the strategic direction of the business. Right. And you hire somebody else to make sure that the business that you have is being operated efficiently. Gotcha. And effectively, I might have. I, I know you have a uh, very limited time. Uh, I want to give an opportunity uh, for some people to ask a question. Do you got a few more moments? Yeah. 
Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, cool. So we're going to go to, um, if we have conversation around counting the cost, listen, um, me taking a, a strong look at my financial situation is largely um, because of the gentleman that you guys are listening from today. He understands finance. So uh, we're going to go into Reggie, Reggie, and then Zelda. Reggie, then Zelda. Reggie, what's up? What's your question for Tony? I just asked you. To... Go for it. Hey, so um, my question is, being a brand new entrepreneur, by the way, my uh, name my podcast is Count the Cost Podcast. Um, the My question is, if you don't have any money, you want to become a business owner, entrepreneur, what is the best way to, I guess, acquire funds to to venture off into your business? So uh, that's the age old question that everybody has. So I don't know what the best way is. The best way depends on your circumstances and your family and your relationships and your network, et cetera. So a lot of people um, who are launching a business idea and don't have money, they go to friends and family, right? And that's usually like the first place people go to try to raise money. Um, but if you don't have friends and family with money, which is not uncommon in the black community particularly, um, then sometimes you may have to use your paycheck, right? Like that's why you get a job. So you use your job to help launch your business, right? So you may have to take that job that you don't like, that gives you some sort of income that allows you to invest a little more in your business idea at night. Uh, that's another alternative. And yes, sir. Thank third, you so much. And, yeah, and the, and the third option is is you know start a business that you know you can start getting paid right away, like providing a service to somebody. If you have the skills to provide a service, you can provide a service and get paid right away, and and use those monies to help fund your new business idea as well. So there's it's a hustle, right? Getting the funding is another kind of hustle. Facts, facts. I love it. Zelda, what's up? Then we're going to Kelly. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Mr. Abrams. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, when should I outsource the CFO function of my business? I'm very good at servicing my clients. I'm very good at sales, but managing it really gets me tripped up and it takes me a lot more time. So does it make sense for me to outsource that function? Uh, should I, or should I just buckle down and, and do that myself? I know how to do it myself, but it, like I said, it's taking me a lot more time than I really want to dedicate. Right. So I'll say a couple of things. First of all, I'm just going to correct you. It's Abrahams, not Abrams. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> that's okay. Abrahams, uh, yes. That's all right. But uh, it's a great question. And you answered it when you said, it takes a lot of time. It, it buckles me down. Like you're spending so much time in, in accounting and administration uh, because you're comfortable with it, but it's not a value added use of your time. And so you've answered that question by explaining it to me. So, so everybody needs to have a really good accounting of their business. I think everybody should have a financial person tied to their company, whether it's an outsourced person or a full-time person and figure out when is the right time, but outsourcing is good. And I also think that everybody should have a legal person on their team, a corporate person, not like, don't get your cousin who's a real estate attorney to help you with your business. Because it's like, you know, that's like going to a, uh, 
uh, uh, orthopedic who does knee knee surgeries to help you with your heart, right? Mm -hmm. If you got a heart problem, you go to a cardiologist. If you got a business, you get a corporate attorney, not your friend who's a real estate attorney, right? They're just two different types of disciplines. So I think everybody needs good legal advice. And everybody needs good financial advice. And you need to have that component on your team as soon as you're able to, to afford it. So I would say, Zelda, if you can afford it, it's a good time to outsource your service. And by the way, I'm a CFO, I'm a CPA myself, and I pay to get my taxes done. So I can do them myself, but it's not a good use of my time. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yep. Good, good, good. Is that like a drink behind you? Is that is it going down early this morning? Or is that a virtual Ooh. background? Ooh. Zelda. Oh. <laughs> that was a virtual, I think. <laughs> she got a cocktail in the back. I'm like, it's a little early. All right, Kelly, what's up? By the way, Dave, I got till I'm free till, till nine. Ah, my brother, I appreciate that. Zelda, what's up? I mean, uh, Kelly. Uh, how you doing? Um, quick question. Uh, I'm I have a t-shirt brand. Uh, and I, and I guess we you spoke earlier about the profits and revenue. I feel like I'm bringing in you know money, but it goes literally right back out. So how do we get to a point to where it now becomes a little bit of profit? And we literally just started. So we're only six months in, or that's just the process. Like, look, you six months in, this is just how it goes right now. Well, so it's a little bit of all that stuff, right? But, okay. you know, what you got to ask yourself is, is this a profitable business anyway, right? Does, do people need to buy my t-shirts or my apparel or whatever? <laughs> and, you know, can I make money? Can I get the volume where... I can make money. But again, classic CEO question, what products do I sell? So you got to ask yourself, what's my cost of the products? What's my revenue from the products? What's my profitability? And can I scale that? That's a product question, right? And so sometimes you got to ask yourself, am I solving a big enough problem where this can be profitable? So I don't know the answer to your, to your question like off the cuff. But if, if people aren't buying, if, if, if you can't, if you just did the math and said, if I sold, if I doubled the number of products that I sold, am I still profitable or, is it, or am I still unprofitable? Then you have a cost issue with the product, right? You know, because there's fixed costs and there's variable costs. A fixed cost is, a variable cost is like, you know, this cost is going to vary with my product. Like every time I build something, 20% of the cost is gonna be there, like it's just variable. The more I build, the more that cost goes up. It's always gonna be the fixed cost is, is something that like, I just pay $1,000 a month. And if I sell 20, I can cover the thousand. If I sell 50, I'm making profit over the thousand. So you gotta look at your cost structure and say, is this a, a viable product to scale? Okay. And, right, and so do the math on it, right? So if I, if I doubled my sales, would I make a profit or not? If I triple my sales, would I make a profit or not? And the answer, if the answer is no, then it's probably a bad product and you might have to think about another business idea. And if the answer is yes, then the question is, how do I sell that many more products? Okay, thank you. Yep. Good stuff. I've, there's a name I haven't seen ever. Uh, I think it's Ben Antanga. Antanga, I'm gonna go to Ben real quick and we'll go back in live. Ben, what's up? Ben. Hey, what's up, Dave? You, you, you see my name, I just oh, okay. that around. I see your face for sure. What's going? Well, you you got the floor now. What's going on? What's your question? Um, now, nah, Mr. Abraham, this is really, really good. You, um, I joined on a little late, but um, all this information that you're telling us is really, really helpful. 
my question is, um, do you do consultations? How do we, how can we, how can I get in contact? <laughs> I don't do consultations, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Okay. So how, how does one get in contact with you if I wanted to have a conversation? Uh, you can, you can DM me on Instagram and if you got a quick question, I'll try to answer it. But, you know, I generally don't do consultations. That's my, that's my opening salvo. But if you have a quick question, I'm always happy to try to help you out. My Instagram handle is straight S T R A and the number eight, and it's straight to the point. But if you, if you search S T R A and the number eight, it'll, it'll pop up. And that's my straight Instagram. to the point. Yeah, Marlon, Marlon just put it in the chat. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, cool, cool. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Chris, uh, let me, let me, okay. Chris, Dean, what it do? Hey, Dave, and thank you, Tony. You're welcome. Kels took my question a little bit, but I'm going to change it slightly because our questions are slightly different. So I'm in that, um, Amazon area where my business is generating revenue but isn't profitable. And I know that you were telling her just double, triple it and see if your business would be profitable. And my business would be, it is a viable business that is something that's scalable. So if a business is in that point, what would you recommend or what steps would you recommend they take to adjust the pricing so that they can go from just generating revenue to being a profitable right. business. So then again, so this is now you're starting to think about sales and marketing, right? And do you have good sales and marketing professionals on your team to help you think through your sales and marketing strategies, right? Because that's what, now you're trying to sell more. So you got to get your brand out. You got to have better marketing strategies and you got to have better sales strategies. So now you should be thinking about how do I, you know, complement my sales and marketing efforts. There we have it. Uh, uh, thank thank you. you. Okay. All right, cool. Tanika McCoy. Tanika, what's up? Yes, hello. I'm here. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Um, hi. I love everything that you're um, teaching us and, and, and schooling us with. And this is right on the, the, I have a question that I've been asking myself for days in this subject. So, Basically, um, I have a hair salon and I've been doing hair for 25 years. So I still do hair. I want to, I noticed that um, I want to start structuring this business and I want to move on to another business, but I want this one to be more solid first. So I want to hire a manager. I want to um, hire a manager. I think that's what I would need because like I'm doing so much while I'm behind the chair doing hair that a lot of the men managerial duties and stuff sometimes might get missed or different things like that. And it's making it hard for me to grow the business that way. So I have a business structure to grow the business and I want to put a manager in place to help me do this. Now, if I, I'm going to hire a manager, I need to pay them, but the money part is not... Like, I don't, even if when the business grows, I don't know how much money I'm going to be making to be able to pay the manager. So do you, I thought of an idea about um, maybe thinking about a Tanika, percentage Tanika, Tanika, to pay the manager. Tanika, I need a, I need a question, Tanika, hold me well, down. Do you, th do you think that giving the manager a percentage of our, what we bring into the, the, the business is a good idea? Yes. 
And I would say that if you've been in business for 25 years and it's still not there, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. how much time do you need for it to be there? Right. Yeah. So I think now is a good time to start thinking about, you know, expanding your, your asset base and getting into different types of businesses. And, you know, it's about the bigness of your dreams. And one way to get out of this business, because again, it's not a baby, it's a mm -hmm. business. Right. And, and so you yeah. got to ask yourself, if it hasn't turned to profit in 25 years to the point where, you know, you're feeling good about it, you know, sell it, get out of it, do whatever you kind of do. And so giving somebody equity in your business is a good transition strategy where you can still use some income from it to help you kind of do other things. Um, but, you know, um, you've, you're kind of telling yourself what you know but you're afraid to let it go because this is what you know. I'm good at doing hair. I know how to do hair, but the salon itself is not making you the wealth or the profits that you need to sustain your living or to grow your lifestyle. And so you got to make a decision. That's dope. You know, Tony, I'm actually, I'm actually thinking about selling my clothing line because I'm not as like passionate about clothing. Right. But apparel, is, apparel is tough. I mean, you know, when I when I got to uh, the company, I mean, I saw these challenges of the apparel business with Sean John, and and we sold it. And you know, most people don't even realize that that Sean Diddy Combs doesn't own Sean John anymore. <laughs> but I sold that business. And sometimes you gotta get out of babies, you know. Sometimes you gotta get get out of babies. You can't hold babies forever. Uh, I'm about to sell it. I'm about to sell it. That's good. All right, one more. Um, Teray, what's up, bro? Yes, what's going on, uh, Tony? Thank you so much for taking my question. Uh, my question is, uh, what advice do you have for, for professionals who build a business based on their identity? Um, you know, like for me, I haven't, I haven't replicated myself. I understand the concept of uh, building a business with the idea to sell. Uh, just for context, I provide services that, uh, that create solutions for individuals seeking fitness, organization, productivity, and stress relief. So, I know how to encapsulate this information and and uh, and sell it. I just don't know how to uh, how to embrace that concept of uh, of selling it uh, for profit without attaching myself to it. So, what advice do you have for someone like like me? So you need you know what I mean like it's like it's like when you say fitness like personal training videos and stuff like that. Yeah. So I. I provide these uh these services uh through ebooks, uh, communities via subscription, uh, wellness toolkits, independent workouts, and other problem solving PDFs, videos, and right. publications. So you you got you need you need a you need a protege. You gotta you gotta have somebody on your team that you can train and develop and brand it outside of yourself so that you can kind of continue to brand. I mean, think of like um it's not, I mean, many people go through this. It's kind of like Soul Train, right? You're, you're, you're too young to remember Soul Train, but Don Cornelius posted Soul Train until he was- No, 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 no. He was an old guy doing Soul but he had to get, he started bringing in younger hosts and eventually they had a, a host to, to replace him. And so, you know, it's kind of like, it's what you do. Wendy Williams is going to need somebody to replace her. Like at the end of the day, you know, your brand, you will outgrow the brand, but when you build something around yourself, you can't get it, it's hard. It's hard to, you are the brand. And that's that's a hard thing to sell when you build, you know, your name. And that was the same thing with Sean John. It's hard to sell a company that is built around a persona. 
right? Because people want you to stay in touch with it. And like David, you're talking about selling your power line, Sleepers for Suckers, but Sleepers for Suckers is your Instagram. It's your, you know, so embedded in a lot of things that you do. It's like, you know, separating it is going to be a challenge when you when you do that. Mm. Always. Well, we'll have, we'll have a conversation about it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 855, man. Um, I want to say thank you for especially last minute uh, just pulling up. We were uh, on this morning. So, you know, the morning meetup, they meet at four o'clock. Y'all meet like four o'clock working out? I got a baby. Okay. It just it's a little challenge for me. But Tony, Tony has been, um, he works out like virtually. Uh, he lost 40. Well, Tony, I'll let you kind of go through your story and we'll, we'll close right at 858. Uh, so, uh, I, so in addition to my music platform, which is really a, a music discovery platform, uh, I lost 40 pounds um, just doing body weight movements, right? From, you know, so I realized that, you know, just because you're over 40 doesn't mean you can't get back into shape, doesn't mean you can't get rid of body aches and stuff. And what I discovered is, is that aches and pains is because you're just not using your body. So I had my doctor told me I was bone on bone. I needed double knee replacements. I had a shoulder injury that I couldn't lift my arm over my head. And just doing body weight movements of pull-ups, push-ups, you know, squats, everything, limited weights, five, 10 pound dumbbells kind of things. I've been able to lose weight, transform my body. I have no more body aches, no pain, no joint issues with everything without any surgeries. And uh, so people started asking me what I've been doing. So every morning at 7 a.m., I'm on a Zoom and I say, hey, if you want to see what I, I can't tell you what I do, I can just show you and just work out with me. And so I'm building the Grow Fit Together community just to work out and have everybody use their own body weight to uh, to restore their health and their fitness and get rid of anxiety and depression, lose weight, and fit firm, strong and flexible. Yeah. Congratulations on your journey too, my brother. Thanks. Congratulations. So look, man, uh, make sure y'all follow Tony. I know by the time he get off of here, he need to see at least 400 more people on his Instagram, okay? Straight, can you put it in the chat one more time, Marlon? Uh, uh, he's going to put Tony's Instagram. There it is. There it is, man. There it is. Make sure y'all go follow straight to the point. This is my coach, my mentor. You can learn a whole, whole lot uh, from this brother. Actually, we have a podcast episode that will be coming out soon. Uh, I promise you're going to enjoy it. Okay. So Tony, thank you so much, my brother. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. All right, man. Take care. Come join the most amazing live mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs every morning. Let's go. The, the, the morning meetup. Do you have a business idea you need to get off the ground? Do you currently work a nine to five and are looking for supplemental income? Come and network with like-minded individuals and take your business to the next level. Every morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with David Shand and friends. Try The Morning Meetup today for just $1. Head over to themorningmeetup.com. That's themorningmeetup.com.